Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, peeps. Welcome back to another episode. We have a guest on today, and I am so excited to um, introduce Stacy Light. I actually met Stacy at a conference through another friend of mine, and um, we all became, you know, pretty fast friends there. And so uh, I was posting something a while back, and Stacy private messaged me and um, had a wealth of information. And I was fascinated and said, "You have to come on the podcast because I just think my guests would love listening to." what you have to share, Stacy. So Stacy Light is an author, speaker, and veteran teacher. Stacy currently works at UNC Greensboro in the education department where she trains future teachers. Stacy believes there's a story in every seat and each person was uniquely made by God with a purpose. Amen. <laughs> she has dealt with physical trauma, being violated by someone she trusted, and the anxiety and fear of having a stalker. Yet, God has replaced those feelings with trust, faithfulness, and abundant love. Stacy's mission is to unveil God's love for each listener, let, leading them to unplug and reset their lives. Ugh, Stacy, <laughs> welcome in. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so excited to be able to share all of your um, knowledge here today. You come from an educational background, which I'm always fascinated with because I am not educational. <laughs> I was the bad girl. I'm I'm getting educated now, but <laughs> but I was always the one, right? Yeah, I was the one smoking cigarettes, going have fun in class. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I'm just fascinated when people just go into that whole teaching realm and that, you know, just, it's just so great, you know, knowledge is power. So we love it. And, um, I just want to start with a question of like, what made you want to become a professor? <laughs> well, I didn't intentionally start out to be a professor. It was a process. Um, I started out as a second grade teacher and moved along throughout the years and did third grade. And then when we moved to North Carolina from Michigan, um, there weren't really a lot of elementary jobs open. So mm -hmm. I made the transition into middle school. And um, that took some reinventing of myself. I realized yeah. that. Um, those, are different, those are different humans. <laughs> they are very different. And I realized that my toolkit was not what I needed to teach middle grades. And so I had to, you know, reinvent. Um, and while I was in that role, um, I was doing some professional development for teachers. And uh, then I took on a curriculum role for the county. And uh, then the university asked me to come and aid them in doing some workshops. Um, so I went in and started doing a little bit of, um, you know, things just on the side workshops. And then it led to an adjunct position where I was teaching one class per semester um, in a middle grades content. And then from there on out, um, I liked it so much and I absolutely loved teaching the college students. 
Um, and I just, I left the first night of class and I literally was like skipping to my, <laughs> to my car. Aww. And I was so excited because the, the, like the love of education that they had because they wanted to be there so much. You know, right. they're paying for tuition. They had found their passion. And so mm. the, the deep conversation we were having was like so much exciting for me. I was just, I was just beyond excited. So I was, I went back home and I said, well, when the, the next position opens up, I've, I've got to see if I can get a position there. And it, it, yeah, shortly there, I was able to get a position and I've been there almost 10 years. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, and I love, I it. love I'm, I'm like picturing you skipping to your car. Like, I <laughs> yeah, love that really... visual. That's when yeah. you know you found your passion, right? It's like that, that is that in a nutshell. When you find the thing that God has that purpose for you, you're like, this is it. You know, like all that yeah. stuff leading up to is great because you need that experience. Right. But then you hit that mm -hmm. sweet spot where you're like, this feels right. Yeah. I love it, that. It was. And it was revitalizing to my soul. It was, it was yeah. really what I needed. Oh, so I'm going to go back now. Cause I know we talked a little bit before we hit record. And, um, so I'm just going to, I'm going to ask you some, I know we've gone over some questions, but I just love having free form conversation because I think yeah. it's, um, so nice to just let the spirit lead. And yeah. so I just want to go back first, like what kind, what, what was your home life like growing up? Mm-hmm. Well, I can say I was I was hugely blessed. I grew up in a wonderful family with, um, you know, I would say all of the grandparents, all the aunts and uncles, all the family members surrounding me. Um, I was in church every week and learning really good quality things. Um, I had good friends. And so um, although there are always disappointments and there's always struggles and challenges that you face along the way. And of course, mm -hmm. I had bumps along the way that we'll discuss um, mm -hmm. today. For the most part, I had a very strong foundation, which also helped me get through those challenges. So good. Yeah. So we're going to dive into that. So um, I wanted people to know your background, too, because um, most of the time, you know, I've come from a hard background and most of my guests have yeah. come from a hard background. Some of them like you born in a Christian family, pretty nice family mm -hmm. that doesn't yep. escape the realism of life. Right. And how you yep. handle grief and fear and anxiety. And so this is why I brought you on is because you have experienced this in so many ways. So, um, you know, as we read in your Bible, you know, you were violated by someone that you trusted Yes. Um, you had, you had anxiety and fear, which that's, that's not even, a, I don't even think those are proper words for mm -hmm. what you went through with having a stalker. So right. you grow up in this beautiful family, you're being faithful to the Lord. You think everything is great and you're doing all the right things. And then evil comes into your life. And so tell me a little bit about how that happened. Well, I will, it was a family member that I trusted um, mm -hmm. and somebody that I spent, uh, years and years with, um, and my, that my family trusted and, um, that I was alone with often. And, mm -hmm. um, and I, over the years, as I look back, it was a grooming situation where mm -hmm. there was just a lot of time spent together and, um, building a strong relationship and connections before 
anything truly was done, you know, so it wasn't like the very first time we were together, something horrible happened. It was over a very long period of time. And then it ended in that way. Um, And what I'll say is, um, had I not had the foundation I had, I don't know that I'd ever be able to cope with it the way I've been able to, because I had my family immediately afterwards, after that happened and I was violated by a family member, um, I came back to my house and immediately told my mother. And rather than keeping it to myself and not sharing, which so many people do, and not confronting what's going on or sharing with the police, um, you know, I think my, my body language and my facial expressions told a story when I walked in. And my mother picked up on that immediately. And so had we not had a good relationship or she hadn't been paying close attention to me, then she wouldn't have picked up on me having a need at that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I felt um, that she was very protective of me and she came and asked me what happened and I shared with her and um, she handled it. (laughs) You know, we call her... Yeah, I mean, she did. And yeah. we look back now oftentimes and say, you know, because we, we didn't press charges. We didn't, um, you know, we look back and I, I say now, like, if, I, if this had happened, because I was, I was young, I was nine mm-hmm. at the time. Oh. Um, and I think, you know, would I do it differently? I think I would. But um, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And my mom was trying to protect the family and protect the people in the family. And so she handled it the way she knew best, which was to take me out of the situation and remove me from ever seeing that person again. That's um, so good. Well, I will yeah. tell you, so there's so much in that that I can unpack um, of what right. we do with being trauma-informed is that one, you named the harm. Two, yes. you know that you didn't do anything wrong. He definitely groomed you. Um, yeah. Three, you... I love that you said your face and your body told a story because that's the place where as Christians, everyone just wants to like race to the healing. Like it's okay. God's going to protect me. It's fine. But your body and your, and your mind and your heart and your soul, all those things like matter. And you have Mm -hmm. to tend to those things. You can't just like say, it's fine. It happened. God healed me. I'm good. It's like, no, that's, it's very traumatic. And, and I think the most important thing is, is when you named the harm, you were believed because that is not the normal story. A lot of times you may go to a parent and they'll say, I don't believe you. We're going to protect the the violator instead of the victim, right? You were thrown back in those situations with that relative or friend over and over and over. And so that could be repeated to you. Your mom did the right thing where she was like, my child spoke. I believe my child. I see my child's body. I know that this is real and I'm going to handle it. And so Mm -hmm. thank God for that, that you had that kind of a parent because that's not always the narrative. And then people spend years shoving that down and not being able to name it. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason you are such a good teacher and you are such a good person and a listener and have such a big heart is because you were loved well. And so kudos to your mother. I think that is amazing because that is not a story I hear often. And especially in a Christian home, they don't want 
anybody to know that right. harm has come to them, right? Because then they think they've done something wrong. Right. And that's just not true. You know, the narrative is no. that if you're a Christian, you're blessed and you're protected. It's not true. We live in a fallen world. Bad things are going to happen to good that's people. Right. So, um, right. so the next and we story, go, sweep it under the rug, right? Yes. Yes. And that because is where, to admit it. and so that is where the anxiety and the depression come from a lot of times yes. is because you're holding that pain inside mm-hmm. of you. It's too much to bear and you're trying to pray right. it away, but you can't yes. pray it away. You have to work with God through the grief. Right. And so Absolutely. I love that you were just held well. So, um, I wish I could give your mom a hug for that because I'm like, that's good mama right there. I yeah, love that. Yeah, I know. We we uh, jokingly call our mama uh, Grandma Mafia because she always <laughs> I mean, she make a good one. But she always says to me, you know, I'll protect those grandkids at all costs. But that's what I felt she did for me. Totally. Like, at all costs. Yeah. And so we lovingly say that about her because yeah. she truly She's a mama bear. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But in the best of ways. In the best of ways. I love it. In the best of ways. Yeah. So you move on from that and that's, you know, part of your story and then you're teaching and then something happens from that. So tell me about the, um, unfortunate place of a stalker coming into your life. Yeah. So, you know, I, I went through school and I became a teacher and, uh, loved working with children and, uh, loved building relationships. And that's a huge part of what I feel is important as a teacher. And so, um, this all came about because I had a good relationship with a student and, um, I had a student who had been absent from class for an entire week, which was very odd for him to be gone. And, uh, I reached out to the parent multiple times asking, you know, cause normally they, when the child missed a day here or, even a dental appointment, the parent was like, I want the homework. I want this. I want that. Mm -hmm. And they were on top of things. So for them, for the child to be gone a week, it was, there was something going on. So I reached out, wasn't hearing back. There's no communication. And that was just red flags to me. Mm -hmm. Well, then following Monday, the student um, came to my class and before he even entered the building, I could see him coming down the sidewalk. And the body language was completely different than anything I'd ever seen. And normally he was head up, you know, head back, smiling, kind of skipping down the sidewalk, just a happy learner wanting to be with friends. And then that morning I saw him shoulders slumped over, Mm -hmm. long bangs hanging down in the eyes, you know, um, trudging feet, backpack slinging on the floor, you know, just this was not the body language of the kid I knew. So immediately my teacher radar was up and firing and I thought something is going on before he entered the class. Um, so I, I mentioned to, you know, to him, you know, Hey, I've been worried about you. How are you doing? And he kind of grunted at me, which was also not his way and passed me and went and sat down and got to work because that was the kind of kid he was. Um, and we made it through the classroom and I kept an eye on him and the entire hour was, um, something wrong. And I just kept making mental notes, knowing that I needed to document something and wasn't sure where it was going, but something was wrong. But at the end of class, he, he asked if he could have a moment to talk with me. And I said, sure. Mm -hmm. So I took all the other children next door to the math teacher's class and I left the door open. Got to do that these days. You can't stay one-on-one with a kid. 
So I left the door open and sat down with the, the child and said, you know, tell me what's going on. And, you know, you don't look like you're feeling yourself today. Mm -hmm. um, and he broke down and started telling me that one of the parents had started abusing him and um, which made sense because even when the child passed me in the hallway and I gently touched his back, he mm -hmm. cringed. Mm -hmm. And my first thought was, well, he's middle school. He doesn't want his teacher to touch him. But then I realized it was because he had been hurt. Mm -hmm. um, so after the story came out, I shared with the student, you know, one of the biggest parts of my job is that I have to keep you safe. And I'm going to have to report this not to not just to the principal and the counselors to get you help, but also to Child Protective Services. And they'll come out and they'll talk to your parents. And um, they may not be happy about this, but mm -hmm. I'm doing it because I care. Mm -hmm. And he shook his head. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He was a very wise child. Um, so we made the reports. And I was nervous that whole evening mm -hmm. um, because I knew what was you know, I'm trying to have dinner knowing that this meeting is probably taking right. place somewhere in my town. Um, and the next morning while I was teaching class, the child was there, had gotten off the bus, and the parent had stormed through the side door of the building, gotten to my classroom, and was banging on my classroom door. Right. And um, screaming profanities yelling horrible things and yelling at me to open the door, which fortunately was locked. Um, so I walked over because we had a strip of glass in our door mm -hmm. and all the students could see which parent it was and whose parent it was. Mm -hmm. And so I said to the kids, even though I was, my heart was beating out of my chest, I said, I'll be right back. I need to go see this parent, you know. And so I walked over and just opened it two inches and said, now is not the time. And I'm going to shut the door and we can schedule a conference later with the SRO officer and the, and the principal, but we will not be doing this, just the two of us. And I shut the door and the banging continued and the swearing continued. So I, I called the, the school resource officer and the parent was eventually dragged out of the school by the, by the police. Um, and that started 10 months of the, of the parent stalking me. Um, and the parent would sit outside my home for half hour to an hour to two hours in the car and just stare at my house, which, you know, some people would say, well, just look the other way, but it's very intimidating mm -hmm. when you know that somebody that hates you is sitting outside your house, mm -hmm. staring at your house mm -hmm. and your and it's very mind, dangerous. It is. And your mind does terrible things. You, because right. you've read books and you've seen movies and your mind says, you know, well, they're going to storm in the house and they're going to try to hurt you. And so your mind makes up the next step and the next step and the next mm -hmm. step. Um, and the person followed me to the grocery store and the person mm -hmm. followed me shopping and um, it just went on and on and on. So eventually um, I had to go to the school board and, and ask that either the child be removed from my class or I would, I would be leaving my, my position. Yeah. And I, I would have hated to do that because I love teaching. And I didn't want the child to leave my class. I loved the kid. Right. The kid was a great kid. Yeah, it's it almost just, like a punishment, you know, either way. Because right. you're not there to protect him anymore. And yet you mm -hmm. have to protect yourself. So both of you are going through this personal hell, right. really. is just like, well, yes. how do I, 
you know, there is no winner in this when, when you have to get to that right. point. I am so shocked that you even opened that door, especially, you know, in today's time, you probably wouldn't even do that because no, like, you no. wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't be safe, but I'm surprised he didn't bust through the door and just, you know, mm -hmm. so, so it sounds like he was more like a yeller kind of thing. And, um, but mm -hmm. who knows if that could have gotten into a physical violence. And so that's where your anxiety comes in, right? Because you just said it, like your mind goes to all these different places. You can't think straight. It, it, it overwhelms you on the daily because he's there. It's like, there's his face again. There's his body. Like you don't right. know what's going to happen. And so tell me what kind of tools, like what kind of things did you do to keep yourself sane during that time? Well, to be honest with you, um, I didn't do a very good job at first. Mm -hmm. I, I allowed myself to, um, to, to allow my mind to do terrible things to myself. Right. And I, I had horrible sleeping patterns. Um, I had horrible dreams. Um, I, I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't eating well. Um, I was starting to get, um, you know, very fidgety. Mm -hmm. Um, I was having a hard time keeping my mind on work. And when I was at work, I was faking it well, but, um, it was, it was very difficult. Yeah. Um, I was scared to death to be honest, yeah. but yeah. I was also more scared because the person had gotten to the point where they would follow my son to school, who was a, a freshman at the time and just learning to drive. Um, but they would send texts to me saying very like, um, passive aggressive things such as like your son looks so handsome driving to school today in his green sweater. Oh my so gosh. it looked like they were complimenting my son, whereas yeah. mm -hmm. I knew what was really happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so that added to the fear level because there was just a lot of mind games being played. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my mind just accelerated the game, the games all the time, wondering what the next step would be because I couldn't control their actions and I couldn't control their next steps. Right. Um, and, and, the, and I love that yeah, you I'm say, um, you know, you didn't handle it well. I wanted you to be honest with that because yeah. this is the crux of what, what this whole discussion is about is that um, I know you are such a God lover. Like you're, mm -hmm. you're so faithful and I love that. And, and, um, and God protects us, yes, to a point, but like mm -hmm. these things happen in our lives and how do we handle it? And prayer isn't going mm -hmm. to cover it alone, right? So we continue to pray. We yeah. ask for breakthrough. We want these things, but in the interim, there are these things that are happening. So it's no surprise, like you probably have PTSD from this whole experience. Oh, yeah. And also yes. um, it's it kind of is in correlation where I was, as you were talking about this kid, like his body language and stuff, I was like, Oh, Stacy, that was you. And so you recognize mm -hmm. that in this kid right away. Yes. So it was almost like, God was like, I know, you know what this looks like. So, you know, unfortunately, like you were the chosen one, but he's like, I'm going to choose you to help this child. So, um, moving forward now is you said that you, you still know this kid and he's okay. And, um, well, I know about him. About I don't him. stay in yeah, touch yeah. with him. Right. I know that he is he is almost close enough to graduation. I know he's in college. Okay. Um, so I know that he has been successful. Um, but that is all I know and yeah. I try to stay out of their lives yeah. and stay as far away as possible. Absolutely. Because um, I just don't <laughs> want to be near safe. that family. <laughs> yeah. We need your safety <laughs> first. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, it's unfortunate because the kid was great, but yeah, I and then to go back to what you said, I I did do a horrible job, and I honestly, as much as I was ingrained in the church and in prayer and in all of the things that a typical quote unquote normal Christian would do, mm-hmm. I didn't do it. I didn't. I I was so panicked. I couldn't even fathom praying at that time. Mm-hmm. I I I was so deep into it mm-hmm. that it was I was probably months into it before God kind of clunked me over the head one day and was like, mm-hmm. um, it's probably get time to get on your knees about this. Mm-hmm. Um but it was literally before I probably had a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. that I I realized um I don't have any more options. Yeah. He is my only option at this yeah. point. And um and so it was at that point where I finally decided that I needed to, you know, begin to pray and really dive into the word and find the scriptures that would I could hold fast to about anxiety and fear. And I began to really not only just pray, but trying to pause after the prayer to let him talk to me. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it became like I always call it the four Ps. Like it was uh, pray and pause mm-hmm. and then plan time with God mm-hmm. and then partner with somebody that's going to help pray with me. Oh, so um, it was like, and so, um, you know, some of my other Christian friends, we call it our pit team, um, oh. like the NASCAR team, you know, because yeah, yeah. Um, you can't, the driver's not going to get to the end of the race without the pit team. Right. You know, there's somebody else has to keep the wheels on and the gas running mm-hmm. and the car moving for the driver. Yeah. And, Christians are the same way. Sometimes we have to have our pit team to help us get to the end of the road. And well, you need that pause. The pause is important because you cannot just say, I'm going to pray and it's healed. Like it's good. It's like you need, and also I would say, I would add to that, you need professional help too. So it is, it is a mental thing. It's not just, Mm -hmm. I'm not being faithful enough. It's like, everything in me right now is drained. And, you know, I, I, it's like you said it, I I couldn't even fathom sitting and praying because your body and your mind and all of that is in overtime. It's an overdrive. And so you need that pit team. You need a trusted person or a group of women that you can go to and cry it out. God was there the whole time with you. He's grieving with you. He's like, I'm right here, Stacey. It's okay. I'm right here. It's all right. I know what you're going through. This is the thing I think people skip over is they think that they have to go from like a horrible thing to faith-based and I'm fine. It's like, no, it's a process. It's a pause. It's like, let me pause. This is not good right now. It's okay that it's not good. God is still walking beside me in that grief, Mm -hmm. right? In that terrible time, in that stress. Um, in that anxiety. And he will lead you to the people that you need in your life, whether it is professional help or trusted friend Mm -hmm. or a pastor or whatever it is, he will guide you along. And it is, uh, it is a race. I love that you plant, you say it that way. It's not, you don't go from here to there and it's the end. It's like, you have to Mm -hmm. go around the circle of you. It's the, it's the Indy 500, right? It's like, it It takes a while. Yeah. It takes a while and you can have setbacks. That's the other thing too. It's not a straight line. And so you go back and forth, you know, you have breakdowns and you come back, your pit team lifts you, fix, fixes all the, we'll just go into an analogy of race cars, (laughs) changes the tires. (laughs) And so, you know, you need those things. I love that analogy of a pit team. I think that is so, so powerful. Um, okay. Gosh, I could just, we could do five parts on this. So I'm just going to 
I want to skip to, so I know that you help young adults, you know, with mental struggles and things through your schooling and things like that. But I think ending this on a note of like, what are some of the ways that parents can help and understand when they see their children suffering? Well, I really believe that communication is the biggest key um, and effort. Communication and effort are the two biggest things. And I I tell my students that all the time. In this classroom, you're going to be successful if you communicate well with me and you give a lot of effort. But Mm -hmm. that transcends into the family as well. Like if you communicate well with your family members Mm -hmm. and you give effort in that communication, you give effort and time with them and not the phone and not the TV, and not the other things, then when you need that payoff, when you need them to be your pit team, Mm -hmm. they'll be there for you. But you have to put in the communication and the effort time. It's like a a bank. You know, you've got to put in the deposits before you can make the withdrawal. Yeah. So I always used to say that with, um, like, before I even had kids that would get in trouble in class, at the beginning of the year, I'd always call the parents and find ways to tell them something positive about the kids mm. multiple times. And I'd say, you know, your kid's always on time. Your kid's super organized. Your kid's doing their homework or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was depositing in the bank account Yeah. because I knew at some point I was going to have to withdraw and say, I need you to partner with me because your kid has forgotten to do their homework and we need to work on this together mm-hmm. now. So I think it's the same way in a family. I don't think it's any different. It's not. I, I just think, you know, it's just, it's all about love, communication, and effort, and mm-hmm. remembering that God has a plan for what the family is supposed to look like, yeah. and that we have to follow his plan for how to love one another and to follow what he set forth for us. Um, but I think if you pay attention to the body language of your children, mm-hmm. if you pay attention to the words or if their habits change, um, you know, if they're all of a sudden not coming to dinner and they're all of a sudden hanging out in their room or they're changing mm-hmm. their friendships or they're just doing something that makes your radar go up like my radar did with that child, mm-hmm. then I think that your intuition as a parent will tell you what you need to know. And if you're not sure, there is that professional help where you can say, oh. I'm worried about my kid. Yeah. Take take your kid somewhere. And, yeah. and it's better to to take this step and find out you were wrong than mm-hmm. to find out later that you didn't do something and be sorry. So good. Yeah. I call that a God tap, you know, your intuition. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like God tapping you or it's just the Holy spirit, like igniting in you saying like, Hey, the nonverbal cues, right. It, they're so okay. important, especially with kids. And I find that even with my grandchildren now, it's like, I watch them Also, I think it's really important to recognize that you could have one kid or 10 kids. They are all different spirits and you have to hone into the things that they are special at, the things that, that move them, the things I always taught my girls, like, what is your dream from a very, very young age? And it could be 10 different things when they were like 10, I want to be a veterinarian and then I want to be a skydiver and then I want to be a fireman. I'm like, great. Let's dig into those. As they get older, they, they start honing in, you know, I think I want to do this. And I'm like, okay, so how do we get there? Like letting your child dream for the future, I think is so important. And then now as I have older children, you know, we, we have had some hard conversations where we're like, we don't want to be a family where we call and just say, 
how's the weather there, you know, kind of thing. And just that surfacey right. kind of talk. Mm-hmm. We want to dig into like, what's going on with your life? Like what's happening with you? Is everything okay? You know, if I see them on FaceTime and I, I can look at my daughters and I know immediately I'm like, you okay? They're like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, no, are you okay? And then the tears come. Right. And you just know as yep. a mom, so pay attention to those cues. I love that. And I think I love that you're giving positive affirmations first to let these parents know here's what they're good at because this is Mm -hmm. their personality traits, right? Right. So these are the things that they're good at. And then when you have to course correct later on, you can remind them like they're really good at this and I'm wondering why they're not doing Mm -hmm. that anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So that the parents aren't going home and just lecturing their kids. They're saying like, hey, like, you know, Miss Light notice like you're... Mm-hmm. you're kind of faltering in this. And we know this is like a skill of yours, like what's going on. Maybe there is something going on that they, they don't feel like they can tell you, but if they feel safe with you, they will communicate with you. And I love that. So Stacy, this was amazing. It, I know we went completely off course. From <laughs> some of That's our okay. questions. I think it was great. I think it was awesome. And I think everyone's going to really enjoy this episode. And so peeps, you just had a treat by one of my <laughs> fast friends that I met actually at speak up conference and that's going on yes. in July. Yeah. So, um, Stacy, I'm so grateful that I got to meet you and I'm just so happy that you decided to come on the show and share some really heartfelt things. And I think you're going to help so many people. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. And peeps, until next time, yes, until next time, we will see you later. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart, head on over to my private Unmothered Facebook community group. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners. All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps.